Hare Krishna. I'm not temper present anymore. Thanks to the Lord. <laughs> now I'm traveling preaching all over the world. <laughs> uh, by the way, I was born in Syria, Aleppo, Middle East. My parents immigrated to Venezuela, and I grew up there. And uh, I do speak Arabic, French, and uh, Spanish too. And I wrote a book about Prabhupada's visit to Venezuela. It's called Shira Prabhupada in Venezuela. And uh, um, I also recently wrote a booklet about poems and stories. And it's in Spanish, of course, but it's already translated into English. My dear God, Brother Jai Jagadish, he translated into English and is being edited. And very next time I visit you, I will bring it in English too. But for now, it's available in Spanish. If you have a friend who reads Spanish, you want to give it to him. Great, if you read Spanish too. It's called uh, Recordatorio para Momentos Difíciles, which means reminders for tough times. <laughs> to, to look for shelter, and spiritual shelter in difficult times. Hmm? So, uh, I'm very happy to be here in Dallas and Radhakalachanji Mandir. And uh, I haven't been like for the last two years, I think. It was a long time. I was missing very much Radhakalachanji and all the nice devotees here. But Radhakalachanji is very kind to me, allowed me to come back. <laughs> so, I'm grateful. So let's chant. I'm going to chant a few minutes. Then we read Bhagavad Gita as usual. Some explanation. Then we have some question and answer too.
जय राधा माधवा कुंजा बिहारी गोरा प्रेम आनंदी I'm going to read from the Bhagavad Gita as it is. Second chapter, text 66. Nasti budira yuktasya, nacha yuktasya bhavana, nacha bhavayata shantir, ashantasya kuta sukam. Translation. One who is not connected with the Supreme in Krishna consciousness, can have neither transcendental intelligence nor a steady mind, without which there is no possibility of peace. And how can there be any happiness without peace? Purport. Unless one is in Krishna consciousness, there is no possibility of peace. So it is confirmed in the fifth chapter, 29, that when one understands that Krishna is the only enjoyer of all the good results, of sacrifice and penance, that is the proprietor of all universal manifestations, and that is the real friend of all living entities. Then only can one have real peace. Therefore, if one is not in Krishna consciousness, there cannot be a final goal for the mind. Disturbance is due to want of an ultimate goal, and when one is certain that Krishna is the enjoyer, proprietor, and friend of everyone and everything, then one can, with a steady mind, bring about peace. Therefore, one who is engaged without a relationship with Krishna is certainly always in distress and is without peace. However much he may make a show of peace and spiritual advancement in life, Krishna consciousness is a self-manifested peaceful condition which can be achieved only in relationship with Krishna. I was born in the darkest of ignorance and my spiritual master, Srila Prabhupada, opened my eyes with the torchlight of knowledge. Therefore, I, I offer my humble respect and obeisance out to him, unto him. Shri Prabhupada Ki Jai. All right, let me read the translation again. One who is not connected with the Supreme in Krishna consciousness can have neither transcendental intelligence nor a steady mind, without which there is no possibility of peace. And how can there be any happiness without peace? That's a very good question. Uh, there is no possible, it's not possible to be happy if you're not peaceful. If your mind is agitated, disturbed, you can't be happy. Uh-huh. And why the mind get agitated and disturbed and restless? Because the mind is an instrument that the soul has to work in this world, you know? It is said that the mind was born from the mode of goodness. But when the mind comes in touch, in contact with the passion and the ignorance, then the minds become agitated. Mm-hmm. So that's why we see nowadays uh, people suffer 
so much from the stress, uh, stress, anxiety. You know, that's like the the sickness of the 21st century. Everybody's running here and there in anxiety, full full of worries about so many things. You know, that's the reality of life nowadays. But we need to have peace of mind in order to be happy. But it's not possible to have peace of mind unless we have an ultimate goal in our life. I mean, what is the final goal of life? Okay, death is going to come, but what is there after that? You know? And no matter how much money or properties or comforts we may have, friends and, and loved ones, when we die, we have to leave everything behind. So if we are putting our, our hope, our faith to be happy only with these things, uh, we will be frustrated because at the time of death, everything will be taken from us. Mm-hmm. Unless we get ready from now, then uh, how we can going to do it, you know? This is a story... Uh, it happened uh, middle century in India. One uh, guru went to visit uh, somebody's home, and the man was very rich. So he asked uh, the man, "What is the meaning of all these flags you have, you know, in front of your house?" He said, "Oh, each flag represents that I have uh, one lakh of golden coin. One lakh means hundred thousand." So each flag represents, I have 100,000 golden coins. And there are many flags there, you know. <laughs> so the man was extremely rich. So so the, the guru told him, uh, can you keep something for me so I can ask, ask you to, to give it back next time I come to visit you? Say, of course, anything you would like to, I can, I can keep. Keep it safe for you. And he took a needle. He said, please save this needle for me. A needle? Okay, that's fine. When are you going to come to ask, ask, ask the needle back? In the next life. In the next life? <laughs> How can I take the needle with me for the next life? Oh, you can't take the needle with you for the next life. What about all the gold you have? <laughs> <laughs> so if you can't get, take with you even a needle, what to speak of all the all the gold, all the riches you have? So the man then awaken, you know, I'm working so hard for something I can't take with me. Huh? It's a fact, you know. So we have to learn that uh, we have to 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 seek uh, a spiritual treasure, spiritual. Uh, Opulence, you know. Nothing wrong with material opulence. You can have very nicely comfortable life and no problem with that. But we should not forget that all this is temporary. I'll tell you one story. Uh, You know, Lord Shiva is always sitting under a tree, isn't he? He's always meditating on Lord Vishnu or Krishna. Mm -hmm. He doesn't have a home. Uh, because he doesn't want to. I mean, but he, he had a wife and kids. So the wife told him one day, "Dear husband, don't you think that we should have a nice house? You know, now we have two kids, uh, 
Kartikeya and uh, Ganesha. So it will be nice if we can have a house. He said, yes, of course, no problem. He called the, the most perfect architect, Vishwakarma, and asked him to make him a golden house. You know, he made the palace all, 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 all covered up with gold, you know, very, very amazing, beautiful palace, you know, very opulent. And uh, Shiva invited everyone for the inauguration. All the sages and demigods and came to for the inauguration. And Lord Shiva personally was giving charity to the brahmanas and to the sages, you know. And, and the last sage, brahmana, uh, Lord Shiva asked him, oh, what would you like me to give you? I will give you anything you want. And the sage said, oh, this house is very nice. I would like to have it. And he said, okay, the house is yours. <laughs> he went back to meditate under a tree. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> so we have to be like that. In any, you know, any moment, uh, nature may call us, you know, out of this body. Because we are not this body. The body is just, no, the covering of the soul. The soul is eternal. It doesn't die when the body dies. So it's like the dress. Nobody feel any pain when change the dress for other, another cleaner or, you know. Uh, but because we're attached to our bodies and everything related to our bodies, you know. Me, the body, mine, everything that has to do with my body. So this me and mine is the main problem of material existence. The other day I was, uh, where, where was I? I traveled all over. I was in uh, I was in, in Arizona, Phoenix, and also in San Diego and Los Angeles before coming here. And in Phoenix, um, one gentleman asked me, "What about detachment? How we can become detached?" Oh, it was a lady actually? She asked me about how we can become detached because we have too many attachments. And I answered her uh, that we have. To become detached from the desire to be detached. She said, please explain that again. I didn't, I didn't get it. What means to become detached from the desire to become detached? <laughs> I told her, suppose two friends walking on the street. And one tells the other, do you see this uh, nice car BMW? I renounce it. Do you see this beautiful a girl passing through, I give her up. Do you see this beautiful, nice house? I give it up. And the friend, of course, nothing belongs to you. How is easy for you to say, I give it up. <laughs> so in the same way, if we understand that nothing belongs to us, then it's easy to say, I become detached. And it's a fact, nothing belongs to us. Everything be- belongs to the Lord. Isn't Everything belongs to God. Huh? In few words, we are tenants. We are not proprietors. We are tenants. And the day the owner of the apartment or the house said, the contract is going to end in three months. I'm not going to renew the contract. You have to leave the house. And you start redecorating and painting and bringing new furniture. Your friend is going to think you went mad. You only have three more months in this apartment. Why are you spending this so much, all this money? 
In the same way, we know that this life is short and full of problems and miseries. But till we are attached to repaint and repair and put, you know, <laughs> still knowing that we have to give it one day. We don't know how much, maybe, maybe 10, 20, 30, 50 years, whatever it is. But we are not meant for 50 or 100 years. We are meant for eternal happiness. That's the problem. We have, we have to solve. That's the thing we have, we need to understand. Hmm? And that's the teaching of the Bhagavad Gita, that if we want to have peace of mind, real peace, everlasting peace, we have to acknowledge the Lord uh, as the pro- supreme proprietor of everything we see on, in front of our eyes. He's the supreme proprietor. Nothing belongs to us. Huh? It's under our care. If we have something, we should take care nicely of the family, of everything. But we should understand it's under our care. We are not the real proprietor. So knowing that, we should not become too attached to the things more than necessary. More than necessary. If you have a car, of course, you have to put oil and you know, give maintenance and wash the car and everything. But you will not be hugging the car, kissing it every five minutes. I mean, people think you went crazy or something. Yeah. Understand? So in the same way, we have to, to do what we have to do. Uh, Prabhupada said devotees should take nice care of their health. It's very important, number one. Then your, your meditation, your chanting, japa is very second in importance. Because if you if you're, don't take care of your health, you can't even do anything. So first thing, take care of your health. Second, don't neglect the chanting of the holy name. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Every day one shall chant the names of the Lord, so his life, one's life become auspicious, become spiritual, and under the protection of the Lord. This very important practice, especially for this age we are living in, is an age of quarrel, hypocrisy, violence, and so many bad things. But there is only one good thing, that anyone who takes to the chanting of the names of the Lord, he will be saved. He will be granted eternal happiness. Hmm? So this is very important. So here, let's continue with the logic. Krishna is telling Arjuna, you can't be happy unless you have peace of mind. You can't have peace of mind unless you have uh, spiritual intelligence. And you can't have spiritual intelligence unless you are in touch with the Supreme in Krishna consciousness. Meaning, this touch with the Supreme is called Bhakti Yoga. Yoga is the union. And Bhakti is the loving service. And the service starts with using our tongue that can taste the food and vibrate sound. So we can taste the food offered to the Lord and we can vibrate the transcendental sound of the Mahamantra, Hare Krishna, in this way, we make our life auspicious, spiritual. We shall do it on a daily basis. Uh, everyone can do 
Every day read a few pages of Bhagavad Gita, chant the holy names. You will be protected. You will be blessed. Don't doubt that. It's a fact. Human beings, we are naturally inquisitive. Uh, from childhood, children ask their parents, why the sky is blue? Why the birds are flying? We are curious. We want to know. We are grown up up, and then we don't ask much questions. When is the next ball? (laughs) No, we shall ask about real important question. Who I am? Why am I in this world? What is the purpose of my life? What is going to happen after death? These are the real questions that we need to ask. So, the spiritual intelligence can develop in everyone by practice of spiritual consciousness, Krishna consciousness. Krishna is the supreme intelligence. If we hear his word uh, spoken in the Bhagavad Gita, we also will develop a spiritual intelligence. He's the supreme intelligence. Now, materially speaking, everybody is more or less intelligent. Some more than others. But I'll tell you one story about material intelligence. Once, uh, a king named Akbar, he, he ruled the North India in the Middle Ages. He asked his uh, very smart uh, minister, Birbal. He said, Birbal, people are born intelligent or they can become intelligent. And Birbal said, in my opinion, anyone can be intelligent if there is an actual need. We are talking about material intelligence. Remember, not spiritual. So anyway, the king said, oh, that's interesting theory. But you have to show me in practice how it works. So Bala agreed, and he asked the king, asked the, asked the, your ministers and soldiers to announce in, in the city of New Delhi uh, with drums and kettle drums and you know, symbols announce all over the city that all the people from this age to this age must come to the palace such, such day, such, such hour, and they must pour in the palace pool a quarter gallon of milk in the palace pool and see what happened. Okay, the announcement was made. The day came, the hour came. And thousands of people were walking to the palace with a jar in their hand. The king and his minister, they, they, uh, they disguised themselves so they would not be recognized. And they were walking around the pool, see what would happen. So the first person who arrived, they asked him, excuse us, we are not from here, we are pilgrims. And we see so many people with jar in their hand. Is there any special celebration you are having? Or No, no, no. We have very extravagant and whimsical king. And he asked us to throw a quarter of, of a gallon of milk in the palace pool. Will be half, half water. We should fill it up with milk. Are you going to throw milk in it? No, no, I'm not a fool. I'm going to throw water. Everybody's throwing milk. Who will notice if one person throws water? Now, the amazing thing is that everyone else thought the same thing. Nobody threw milk. Everyone else threw water, too. (laughs) 
So we ball proved his, his uh, theory that if there is an actual need, anybody can be intelligent, you know. <laughs> so that's material intelligence. Now talking about the spiritual intelligence, the spiritual intelligence is there with the soul. We already have it. But we need to awaken it. It's dormant. It's dormant there and need to be reawakened. And the process to reawaken the spiritual intelligence is by hearing the Bhagavad Gita. The supreme intelligent person is speaking. And if we receive intelligence, spiritual, transcendental from him, we also become spiritually very intelligent. And then we know what is the best for ourselves and for others too. Mm-hmm. And what is the best thing to do in our life? To awaken our love, dormant love for the Lord. To, this love is there, is sleeping. We have to awaken it, to uncover it. Huh? The heart is filled with ignorance. Uh, and that's why we can't perceive this transcendental love for the Lord. We can't perceive it. But when we cleanse the heart, this chanting Hare Krishna has the power to cleanse the mind and the heart from all dirty things accumulated for years, for lives. The mind is like a mirror full of dust and dirt. You can't see yourself in front of it. But if you take a cloth and start cleaning it, then gradually you start seeing yourself clearly in the, in the mirror. And that means see your real self. A real self is I am an eternal spirit soul, full of bliss, full of knowledge, and I am an eternal servant of Krishna. That's our real position, eternal position. And by this knowledge and by this practice, we can experience real peace of mind and real happiness. Undoubtedly, undoubtedly. Mm -hmm. I can tell you from my own experience. Mm -hmm. Uh, When I started chanting Hare Krishna uh, back in 1972, before the Hare Krishna arrived in South America, I bought a record called uh, a rock opera called Hair. And one of the songs was all Hare Krishna. Because the director of the of the play, which became very famous, they made a movie of it in everything in the 70s, uh, had a friend who was a devotee of Hare Krishna. So he suggested to him, why you don't put the Maha Mantra in your, in your record? And he did. And thanks to that, I, I came to know about the Maha Mantra. I started chanting it. And I remember even the melody was so, not, I mean, so... Contagious, the melody. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare. Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. With an orchestra and everything, it's nicely done, you know, it's beautifully done. So I was chanting that every day. Every day I will put the song. I didn't know the meaning at that time, but I love to chant it. Then, it's that same year, uh, uh, the, the, George Harrison, one of the Beatles, he, uh, he sang the song, My Sweet Lord. And who knows that song? Okay. 
And he there, there he's, he's chanting Hare Krishna also. He introduced the chanting of Hare Krishna. So I thought if, if the Beatles are chanting Hare Krishna, that must be very good. Must be very spiritual. So, so I start chanting more. I start chanting more. And, uh, uh, I start practicing yoga, became vegetarian and everything. And, but still I had a question that nobody could answer my question. And that question was, because, I mean, I was brought in a, in a Catholic Christian family. So once when I was a teenager, I asked a priest, the Bible said we are made in the image of God, so God must have a, an image, a form. Can you please tell me how God looks like? He said, well, that's a mystery. Nobody has seen God. So I wasn't satisfied with that answer. And I thought, how does he know? Did he ask all the millions of people on the planet? They have seen God. Maybe one of them knows about God. So then I read again that there are more truth to be told, but you are not ready to understand. Okay. Here Jesus give him permission. If you don't find it here, look somewhere else. Huh? After all, he said, look for the true and it will make you free. He didn't say this religion, that religion. He said, look for the true. Huh? And recently I came to know about uh, an amazing story that happened in Ukraine, you know. One, one devotee, Hare Krishna devotee, was, was uh, selling books about Krishna, Bhagavad Gita, other books. And he knocked in one house, and the lady opened the door. He offered the book. She said, I'm very interested to buy this book. Please come into my home. So he came into the, her home, and she went to get the money. He stayed, and he was looking at the walls, and he saw a beautiful painting of Lord Jesus. Uh, um, you know, natural size, you know. Uh, uh, and he was admiring it. And she came back with the money, said, Oh, do you like this painting? He said, Yes, very nice painting of Lord Jesus. And she told him, I have to tell you something very important for me. Three days ago, I had a dream. In that dream, Lord Jesus told me, I advise you very strongly to become vegetarian. And in three days from now, uh, a man is going to knock on, on, on your door, offering you some books. Buy them all. They are very good. So it's good to know that Jesus is on our side. <laughs> it's a true story, you know, it happened in Ukraine. Uh-huh. I mean, Jesus was vegetarian, we know that. Uh-huh. Uh, there is a record, historical record. That uh, hmm? even the Bible it says, take note if you want to know where Romans fourteen twenty one. It is said it is good not to eat meat or drink wine. Huh? Romans fourteen twenty one. You can tell your friend when they try to convert you to Christian. <laughs> Once a lady in Detroit asked me what. Uh, I have a job, and uh, at my work, my um, um, my colleague, they try to, you know, to preach to me to become Christian. They know I'm Hindu, but still they insist every day on me that, uh, what should I tell them? I don't want to be unpolite or anything like that. What should I tell them? You should tell them the following. 
Ask them the question, is God limited or unlimited? Most surely they will tell you God is unlimited. Then you ask them the following question. If God is unlimited, why you want to limit him only to your religion? Simple. And if they tell you, no, only Jesus saves, he's the only son of God. Ask him again the same question. God is limited or unlimited? They say, well, unlimited. Why you want to limit him of having only one son? I mean, you are a human being, you can have more than one child. Two, three, four. Why can God have, why can, why he only can have one? Doesn't make sense, not logical. Is it? So we love and respect Jesus very much. I mean, he's, he's our guru. He surrendered his life to God. He gave everything to God. Uh, but sometimes religion without philosophy can make people fanatical. Or at least sentimental. So we have, and philosophy without religion also is mental speculation. Can lead you to atheism. So we have to have both. Religion and philosophy too. Philosophy means to know things as they are. Who I am, what is the purpose of life. I am not this body. This is philosophy. Hmm? It's very important philosophy along with believing in God. Otherwise only sentiment, sentimental. You know? Very important. So thank you very much for coming and listening. Uh, I would like to hear from you too. So please, if you have any comment or question or any doubt, please share it. We can have a little conversation. Thank you. Hare Krishna. Here Prima Sindhu has a mic. He's going to hand the mic uh, so everybody can hear your question. Don't be shy. We're amongst friends. Actually, <clears throat> I have a comment. Uh, right when I walked in, you were mentioning about the fact that, um, and thank you for the class, by the way, that was wonderful. Especially thank you. that part about Romans, because I have a lot of friends who talks about, yeah, it's okay to eat meat. You know, they're Christians. They're like, yeah, it's, it's in the Bible. So I'm going to read that later. But uh, when I was walking in, you were talking about the how we're not the body and, you know, the attachment because of uh, because of family. And I know that, uh, you know, it talks about in the Bhagavad Gita how uh, Arjuna was was very attached to Bhishma Dev. And at the time of death, it was hard for them and all the Pandavas and a lot of others to. Yes. you know, release that association from that body, even though they knew the truth because Krishna was their of cousin and personal friend. So sometimes it's still difficult, especially when you have close family members that are, you know, yeah. passing on. Even though we might know it, it's mm. still sometimes a little bit challenging to, you know, uh, I guess apply that knowledge to ourselves because it's you still get emotional and that kind of thing. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, Natural. I mean, to, to love one's dear one, family members, friends, natural. We should not do anything artificially. We are, we are trying to uh, help people to understand that besides taking care nicely of their families and, and life, they should also take care of their spiritual life. You know, a, a train 
needs both rails to run. The rail, the train can't roll in one, in one rail, you know, it will have an accident, you know. So both rails are needed. The same way in our life, because we have a material body, we have material needs. But we are a soul, so we also have a spiritual need. So both needs shall go together, you know. Understand? We need, we know the needs of the body. To eat, to sleep, to have a, a family, to have kids, uh, and to, to, to protect, to defend ourselves, you know. Those are the needs of the body. If, if we are not the body, we are the soul, what are the needs of the soul? There are three. Three needs the soul has. A spiritual shelter, a spiritual food, and a spiritual satisfaction or pleasure. We have these three needs. Because we don't know how to satisfy them spiritually, we think we can be satisfied materially by having these things. Understand? So we're trying to, to help people become aware, to have awareness that they, they have a spiritual needs to, 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 to acknowledge and to try to satisfy those needs, you know. Because no matter of how, how much material happiness we give ourselves, we can't be really happy. Because in this world, every, but everything is temporary. It's not gonna last forever. So, Nobody likes to have a headache or a toothache, but suddenly they appear. In the same way, the material happiness we are allotted to, by our karma, it will come. Understand? The same way you don't expect the toothache and suddenly appear, the same way the, the material happiness, it may come to you without looking for it. Understand? So what we should look for then, we should look for a spiritual happiness because that's eternal. And that eternal happiness, when we are in touch with the transcendence, with the Supreme Lord, and the Vedanta Sutra is said, uh, Ananda Mayobhyasat. He is the origin of all Ananda, all bliss, all happiness. And if we are in touch with Him, in connection with Him, through Bhakti Yoga, the union of love and service, then he shared with us his ever-increasing happiness and bliss. Understand? Yes. Please uh, hand the mic. Hare Krishna Maharaj. Hare Krishna. Uh, I don't know if my question is relevant to what you spoke about, but... Could you tell us what's the difference between detachment and renunciation? Yes. And also, is one better than the other? Is? One better than the other. Which one? Detachment? Is is it a relevant question to ask which is better? Like, I don't know. Detachment and renunciation. They are similar. Uh, Different words meaning the same, practically speaking. Detachment means you're renouncing something. Uh-huh. But nobody can give up something unless have something better to replace it with. It's not an artificial thing to do. You understand? If you give up something, but you're always thinking about, oh, I gave up this thing, I like it so much. Understand? Then what, that's artificial. What is the use? Yeah. No meaning. 
That has to come naturally when we develop a higher taste, a higher experience, spiritual experience. Then naturally we become renounced, detached. Lord Chaitanya came to teach devotion along with knowledge and renunciation. Renunciation to what? I mean, once uh, my guru was asked by a journalist, Srila Prabhupada, is it true that to become, uh, to have a spiritual life, we have to become detached from the material life? Prabhupada said, who told you that? We can't become detached from the material things. And now I'm talking to you with this mic. This mic is material. We are in this, in this temple, this house, is made of food and bricks and are, are not these things material? So we can't become detached from the material. We become from the, detached from the concept that I am the owner, I am the enjoyer. Huh? I am the controller of everything under me. That's the thing we have to become detached from, to renounce this mentality of lording over the mentality of exploitation. I hope that answered your question. Hare Krishna. Okay, uh, please hand the mic to, to him. You talked about detachment and you said um, we are also material beings and we have material needs. Yes. We are also spiritual beings and we, have, we need spiritual needs. Of course. So um, are we talking about balancing it or are we talking about giving up one? That's yeah, one we need to have balance. Balance means like a train, need both rails to run. So side by side, you fulfill your material needs, but also at the same time, you fulfill your spiritual needs. Simultaneously. One along the other. The more we become spiritually advanced, then our material needs diminish and our spiritual need increase. Understand? It's natural, not artificial. At least have it side by side. Huh? Then we, you, when we develop spiritually, then we try to diminish our material need to the basic and increase our, our spiritual life or practices that give us higher, higher taste. Uh, higher happiness. So you're saying we can also have materialistic ambitions and still balance spiritual... Oh, no, no, I'm talking about basic needs. You can't give up sleeping or or, or eating or, or having a partner, having a wife, you know. That's very most difficult for almost everybody. Understand? I'm not talking about being too ambitious and... You know, take over the world or something. And, you know, <laughs> that's not a material need. That's a, that's a greedy. <laughs> we don't need more greed, you know. Uh, we, we, our motto is simple life, high thinking. Right. So the, that leads me to another question, if I may ask. Yeah. Is, um, if you were meant to be, you know, spiritually oriented or yeah. if you were to be seeking spiritual, um, yeah. Things, then why were we made by God to kind of uh, look for material things? You know, it yeah. seems like natural to have a lot of material stuff. Okay. Is it karmic or something, or what is it? I mean, 
Try to understand, the Lord created this material world for two reasons. One reason, because we wanted, we wanted to enjoy the material energy. So the Lord is being very kind. He created the material universe to give us the opportunity to satisfy our material desires. But at the same time, He knows we're not going to be really happy in this material life. So He gave us another opportunity that He is giving the knowledge about the reality, eternal reality uh, of the soul. So even if we are entangled in this material thing, we got the opportunity to hear the spiritual knowledge, the truth, to gradually get disentangled and to get eternal happiness. Oh. So once we become disenchanted from repeatedly trying to be happy with things that are going to finish anyway, we have to give them, give them up willingly or unwillingly anyway. So why not to find better alternative, which is a spiritual eternal happiness that the Lord is more than eager to give us if we want to. That's the logic. Uh, uh, Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. Any last questions? Please, uh, back there, the lady. Um, so I was, uh, wondering since like lately, well, I want to be like a sannyas and, uh, when I, once I'm older and give up all my material possessions and relationships, yada, yada, yada. But I mean, I'm hearing from a lot of people that, uh, I shouldn't do that and I should just have a normal life and practice spirituality on like, you know, along with my life and. Um, like do karm yoga and ha- have God in everything that I do. But what if I still want to take sannyas? Um, like <laughs> sannyas is not meant for women, by the way. <laughs> uh, sannyas means to renounce the world and go traveling all over the world by yourself without fear of of uh, if you go to the forest that tigers will attack you or people will hurt you. I mean, a young girl like you surely will be attacked by many evil men if you're alone by yourself anywhere in the world. So the, the actual sannyas mean internal. Internally, you try to become detached from worldly life. Normal life doesn't mean to eat meat, drink wine, and, and, and go to the dance saloon, <laughs> the discotheque. That's not the normal life. If that's the normal life, we don't want to be considered normal. We're fine to be weird, if that is the case. <laughs> Understand what I mean? No. Karma yoga means, people must understand karma yoga also. Karma yoga means you do everything and offer the result for the satisfaction of the Lord. That's karma yoga. That people must understand what karma yoga means. That you do things without attachment, only. No, you have to offer the result of your of your activity to to the for the pleasure of the Lord. That's karma yoga. Hmm? Uh, I also have like one more question. Please do. Uh, how far do all these rituals that we do help us in the spiritual journey? Uh, what, what about the rituals? Yeah, like because we still do the rituals, but like in what way do they help us in our spiritual journey? 
Well, if they are helpful in your spiritual journey, it's, it's fine to do them. If they are superficial, many people do things without understanding what they are doing it anyway. Because my family taught, taught me to do this ritual or that ritual. What is the use of doing all this ritual if you don't understand the purpose of them? Or what, what the spiritual benefit are you getting from them? It's just something you do repeatedly like an automat, you know? Like a robot. Because you were taught so. Better give up all this, you know, unnecessary, uh, less important ritual and just practice the most important thing, which is read Bhagavad Gita and chant the holy name. Isn't? Basically, that's the most important thing. If you want to worship, worship Lord Krishna. You don't need to worship all the devatas. There are 300,000 million devatas. Are you going to worship all of them? Not possible. But Krishna says, I'm the origin of everything. So if you worship Krishna, you are worshiping everyone. You don't need to worry about separately worshiping so many others. No need for. Thank you. You're welcome. Hare Krishna. Krishna. So, Annie, we finished with our questions? Very good. Thank you very much for your nice questions and comments. And Hare Krishna. Jai Sri Prabhupada. Govinda Jaya Jaya Gopala Jaya Jaya Govinda Jaya Jaya Gopala Jaya Govinda Jaya Jaya Gopala Jaya Jaya Radharamana Hari Govinda Jaya Jaya Radharamana Hari Govinda Jaya Jaya Govinda Jaya Jaya Gopala Jaya Jaya Govinda Jaya Jaya Gopala Jaya Jaya Radharamana Hari Govinda Jaya Jaya Radharamana Hari Govinda Jaya Jaya Govinda Jaya Jaya Gopala Jaya 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 Gopala Jaya Jaya Radha Ramana Hari Govinda Jaya Jaya Radha Ramana Hari Govinda Jaya Jaya Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare Hare Rama Hare Rama 
Krishna Krishna Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare 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 Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare Hare Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare Hare Rama Hare Rama Rama Ram Hare 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 Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare 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 Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare 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 Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare 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 Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare Hare Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare 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 Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare 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 Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare Hare 
Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare Rama, Hare Rama. Rama Rama Hare Hare Govinda Jaya Jaya Gopala Jaya Jaya Govinda Jaya Jaya Gopala Jaya Jaya Radha Ramana Hari Govinda Jaya Jaya Radha Ramana Hari Govinda Jaya Jaya Radha Ramana Hari Govinda Jaya Jaya Govinda Jaya Jaya Gopala Jaya Jaya Govinda Jaya Jaya Gopala Jaya Jaya Shishiraha Kalachanji Ki Jaya Haribol